0: Hi there, everybody. Welcome in for episode 83 of Sports Gospel. We're happy to have you here with us in our little slice of the sports world. Darren and Shannon with you. Kevin missing once again. Typically, when the two of us are together, all three of us are here. Not sure what's going on with Kevin or where he disappeared to that he's not been available on weeknights, but I suppose that's what having three children will do to you. We're happy you're all here with us, and we're going to go deep into college football this week. A lot going on with the conference playoff games. Transfer portals opened up. Coaches are changing jobs. It's a wild time in college football, one of our favorite times of the year. So we're going to look at the conference championship games for the Big Five, talk a little bit about the Heisman, maybe some bowl games, look at those coaches. And then if we have time at the end, I have a little bit of a NFL game for Shannon to play, and we'll see how we feel about basically some of the current quarterbacking situations we have in the league. So without further ado, we're going to take this game-by-game, conference-by-conference. And apologies for the smaller conferences. We may get to them here at the end. But I want to look at our P5 Conference Championship games. And we start first out here on the West Coast this week. Utah versus USC. Now that we have just one big wide-open Pac-12, we don't have a North-South champion, just the two best teams. So Utah and USC meeting for the first time ever in the... Pac-12, since they did this version with the conference championship game. Both teams are 1-2. and two. Oregon leads Pac-12 conference game history with a 4-1 and one record. In the last three Pac-12 championships, the higher-ranked team has lost. So do with that knowledge what you will if you think that means anything. But Friday night, Pac-12, USC or Utah, who you got? Well,
1: all of the signs point to USC winning this game. and And let me go into that a little bit. Utah won the first meeting in Utah at night and Cam Rising was just out of his mind. Uh that was back when USC was still finding its stride. The Heisman is Caleb Williams to lose and so he has all eyes on him tomorrow night. I th- I I think they pull it out and I think they win comfortably but now saying all that, watch it be a one point game with somebody kicking a field goal right at the end. The spread's two and a half. I'm not going to touch that either side just because I want to enjoy the game and, and I don't have any faith. Uh, with the over under at 67, I think that's an easy over bet. However, uh, turnovers could play into that and we could, we could see a low scoring game, but I, I would of, of anything. The only thing I would take is the over a 67. I think we're going to have a great football game. Uh, if if you had a chance to go back and watch their earlier season matchup, that's one of the best college football games we've seen this year was Utah-USC. So So give me USC to win it based on all those things. How about you?
0: I want to pick USC, and I'm with you. I think USC will win comfortably. Looking back here at Utah's schedule, and Utah's not a team that really ever seems to get blown out. They had three losses this year by a combined 16 points, and 10 of those 16 came in the UCLA game. I do think that USC is a different animal, even then since October 15th. I don't want to say they're going to blow out Utah, but I think it will be a comfortable... Maybe they're up by 7 and maybe get a garbage-time touchdown to win by 13, or maybe they hold on to a a 10-point lead. What's been impressive with me is that USC can hang points on on Utah. Because other than that, so they had back-to-back weeks. Something about Los Angeles not good for the Utes. They gave up 42 to UCLA and then 43 to USC. But other than that, uh, did not let anybody get over 30 points this year, which for a college program is pretty exceptional. Most teams, 7, 13, 17 points. Give me USC in this one and kind of a... Uh, A 35-25 game. I just don't think Utah has the horses on the offense to run with USC now that Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, those guys have their, got everything clicking down there. It'll be fun to have a new Pac-12 champion. Of As we mentioned, of the 11 titles, five of them have gone to Oregon, and then you've had Washington's been in there. and Happy to have some new blood here, which kind of makes you realize how long it's been since USC's been at the top of the mountain, surprisingly.
1: Now, would would Oregon have got in with a win last weekend?
0: I thought I understood that tiebreaking procedure, and I'm not sure I do. I because I thought it was winner. If Oregon and Washington both win, Washington gets in. Um, but I, now I don't know for sure because I I thought no matter what the Ducks did, it relied on if Washington State beat Washington is how I understood it.
1: Okay, and that game kind of got away from them in the second half, right?
0: The yeah, Washington
1: game, Washington yeah.
0: State. Yeah. So everybody, everybody in Oregon was cheering for the the Cougs because they would. Yeah, they
1: just didn't have the firepower.
0: Well, hang on. I can I rescind that point? No, just kidding. Sure. Because Washington, Oregon, and Utah all finished seven and two, so Oregon had to win to still be alive.
1: No. But if they would have won last week, they would have been eight and one.
0: Yeah, there you go. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. they
1: would have easily been in. Yes. So so they blew a fourth quarter lead to their rival. I mean, they were just destroying them.
0: Yeah, I don't so I, I, I it's I, all I Oregon's fault. Yeah. That is right. I was thinking about that. Oregon still could have got in had Washington State beat Washington. Something something. I don't know. It was all very confusing. I didn't understand it the way I wanted it. I wanted to I Trying to pull. It doesn't matter. Utah's happy. Yeah, which I don't, I didn't think of Utah on that breath. I kind of thought we were done with Utah and I was like, oh, and then I didn't realize they were still a factor in this, which I think is why I'm a little bit dismissing them in this one. One guy who I haven't talked about enough, we being the collective sports conscience, Jordan Addison, he only played 10 games this year, but he leads them with 54 receptions, 810 yards and eight touchdowns. We all knew he went there, but when this be, kind of became the Lincoln-Riley-Caleb Williams story, and even you could maybe Travis Dye feels like he had a little bit more attention to the running back. Jordan Addison, we have to remember, this guy was the best receiver in college football last year, and I suspect will be a top 20 NFL draft pick this year. Had a great season for them, so they're not just Caleb Williams.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, he's a good player. All
0: right, so anything else on the Big 12? I'm going USC 35-25.
1: Um I just hope you're wrong on the total is all for betting reasons. Uh
0: be it, I'd hit the under. Yeah. The next game going we're gonna do this chronologically. The next one is maybe the one I'm most interested in. Awful lot of purple on the field that day. TCU versus K State. K State is one and two in Big Twelve title game history. TCU is zero and one, but of course joined the conference here relatively recently, two thousand eleven, I believe, was their first year. In the Big Twelve conference title game history, Oklahoma is the only team with a plus five hundred record, and they are eleven and one all time in Big Twelve title games. You know who Holy beat cow. them? You know who beat them in the their lone Big Twelve title loss? Kansas State It was these Kansas State and. Still one of my all-time favorite college football games, the 2003 Big 12 title game, L. Roberson, Roberson, Steve Sproul, uh, Jeepers, Darren Sprouls, combined Steve Slayton and Darren Sprouls, L. Roberson and Darren Sprouls and that K-State stunned everybody. Everybody was kind of predicting Oklahoma. I'm not sure if that was a Jason White year. They thought Oklahoma was just going to roll to the national title and kill K-State. K-State beat them 35-7. to A lot of college games get mishmashed in my head, but I still remember that K-State game, just thrashing them and how delightful it was. They they always seem to do stuff like that. Which has to be very, very nervous for TCU in this one. TCU put a hurt on Iowa State. Iowa State did a service to the Big 12 this week. The thing on TCU is, like, oh, they're really blowing anybody out. They're kind of in all these close games, nail biters. They need to come back in the second half. And they worked Iowa State this week. And they look like the real deal now. Max Duggan, who I think should get an invite for the Heisman Trophy to New York. I don't think he'll win, but I think he should get invited. TCU, 12-0. and K State nine and three. I think if TCU wins, they are in. These to play it earlier this year, correct? Yes. TCU won that game thirty eight yep. to twenty eight during their stretch where they beat four top twenty teams in a row. TCU K State purple on purple. Who you got
1: it's my uh, my biggest bet of the weekend, actually. Um, and let me tell you why I did it after I tell you what it is. My biggest bet is Kansas State to win by one to 13 points. And, and it was like plus 440. But why I did it was if I win that bet, at least financially, I have something to be excited about. But if I lose that bet, I, I just don't see K State rolling them by like 20. So I could see it being a close game. The other side of that is then TCU wins and the Big 12 gets a team in the Final Four. Um, but if my bet wins, then I win. Like, I'm cheering for TCU. And and I told you back in August that K-State was going to be in the, the Big 12 title game. So I have something to cheer for there from that standpoint of I've I've been on them all season. I've known what they're capable of. They even got a different quarterback in and they're still winning. So I know what they're capable of doing. And this is a perfect situation for Kansas State to to jump up and win a game that they shouldn't win, to screw up the playoff for the Big 12. I mean, all the signs are pointing to a Kansas State upset, which is why I have them. I, I have bet them to win by 1 to 13 points.
0: Now, not to spoil too much of our later programming, if Kansas State wins, does TCU still have a shot? Or are they still a playoff team? Let's just cut let's cut to the chase.
1: Yes, they are, but they won't get in. How about that?
0: There it is. It's a very fair, complicated way to say it. We, we know the, the playoff committee is not averse to doing that. They have left out one, two. Uh, there's eight teams that have one loss in a power five who did not make the playoff. So Kansas State could ruin this whole thing. They were my pick to win the Big 12 before the season started until this Cinderella run from TCU nobody expected. I do think it'll be a close game for the sake of the Big 12 and my affinity I've developed for this TCU team this year. I'll take TCU, and I don't think we're going to get high scoring. They were 38-28 last time. I think we're going to be right in there, 31-28, in favor of the Horned Frogs, and they can hold on to that number three seed in the playoffs. Moving out east, Clemson, North Carolina in the ACC title game. Clemson is bas- basically had a death grip on this conference title game. 7-1 and one in their history of their program. All of those coming with Dabo. The only loss was his first year there. Won seven straight since then. North Carolina 0-1 in ACC title games, which is weird to think that North Carolina has only played in one. And that one loss came to Clemson Clemson beat North Carolina in the 2015 title game so Clemson North Carolina basically playing for an orange bowl bid the committee has shown they have no interest in putting the ACC champion in I don't know that I would be that dismissive of Clemson if they're a one loss power five champion alas they don't let me have a vote at that table Clemson North Carolina sorry two loss Clemson I keep forgetting they lost the other one 10 and 2 Clemson 9 and 3 North Carolina we know you love Drake May but can he pull the upset on Clemson
1: I don't think he does. Um, un- unfortunately for Clemson, they really don't have a lot to play for. Like They went into South Carolina thinking they were just going to roll that game because, I mean, why wouldn't you think that? You're going against Spencer Rattler, and they just weren't prepared. Um, so that makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, here's the problem with North Carolina is they they just do really stupid things like uh lose to Georgia Tech when they have no business, like they could have set themselves up to have Drake May be a Heisman finalist. he's having a remarkable season, and then they go and and just play like crap the last two weeks um You got Clemson, who is a more town- all they're better coached uh i I think Clemson easily covers the spread on this. And I wouldn't be shocked if it was over by halftime.
0: Oh, I yeah, I would like to advocate on for North Carolina, but I don't see how it's happening. So pretty, pretty convincing. Them are both on the bandwagon with Clemson, and like you say, probably like maybe like a forty-two to twenty game here on this one.
1: Yeah, I'm right there.
0: And getting to the big two, we'll go with the SEC first: LSU and Georgia. LSU five and one all time in SEC title games. Their only loss came in 2005. Georgia strangely three and six all time in SEC title games. And you don't think about this because they were the champions last year overall. They won. They last won the SEC title game in 2017. Alabama's had their number in four straight years. So some new blood here. LSU and Georgia have not met in quite a while, but LSU is three and one all time in SEC title games against the Bulldogs georgia's the favorite l s u georgia go
1: i felt a whole lot better a week ago about l s u s chances in this game and then they went and completely just um they they pissed down their leg their opportunity at crashing the playoffs by losing to texas a and m who's a trash team uh man Brian Kelly had that thing humming and for whatever reason he did not have his team ready to play so you're a team that you're you're going into last weekend thinking like hey we we win this game and we beat Georgia we're going to be in the college football playoff we're going to be in the final four to losing that game and really having nothing to play for like even if they beat Georgia they're going to end up in a in in what a I don't even know what kind of bowl game, but they, never, they certainly can't be in the final four, even with a win over Georgia and Georgia's go ahead.
0: Yeah. They'd, they'd be in the sugar orange bowl probably.
1: Okay. Which is fine. Um, but Georgia knows that they're in and LSU has no chance to be in. I don't really see this being a great game. Um, I, I think LSU probably covers the 17 and a half point spread. Just because Georgia's not going to be, um, they they're not on notice. Like they know they are in, so they can kind of coast. They want to come out of this game healthy uh, for the for the playoffs. So I I just think it's probably going to be an ugly game. Like yeah, we're going to see some elite level talent. These are the best players in college football in this game. Um, studs on both sides of the ball. I just don't think it's it's going to be a great game. So. So I say that as uh, twenty eight, twenty four, twenty eight, twenty one, something like that. But just kind of a back and forth, up and down the field, not a lot of excitement. So that's the way
0: I see it playing out. You are you're giving LSU a lot more credit than I am. I feel like Georgia's been coasting a little bit in some of these games, and I I know not everybody agrees with this philosophy. I think these elite teams they can turn it on when they want to. Just thirty seven to fourteen over Georgia Tech, sixteen to six over Kentucky. Yeah, Georgia I feel like has been kind of coasting here to the finish, but I think they're ready to tune it up and I think it's gonna be about a thirty-eight to seventeen team and these their Bulldogs are gonna peak. We're here at the right time. So we're both both with Georgia, but I think you're you're gonna give them a little bit closer shot than you're gonna give the Tigers a closer chance than I will. So we are we're four for four so far on a ag- uh, agreeing who's gonna win. I don't suspect that's gonna change here with a big ten. Michigan and Purdue. The East has won eight straight Big Ten title games ever since we went from those three forgotten years of legends and leaders to simple East West geography. The East has won every year with Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, or Penn State dividing up those eight wins. This is Purdue's first appearance. The rest of the Western or the Western division has been Wisconsin, Iowa, or Northwestern. And really, in the past, this one has been the biggest blowout when you look at the conference championship games. A lot of these Big Ten title games get ugly and lopsided. Does that happen again this year?
1: No, it does not. And let me give you two reasons why. One, last year it did because Michigan had to show the world that they belonged in the Final Four. Um, and, And so they just put a hurt in Iowa. They're already in the Final Four, so they don't have that. They're coming off the high of beating Ohio State in Ohio State. Um really hard to get back to focused. And then you look at the other side of the ball with uh Jeff Brome as a coach always does something. Um, for example, when he had Rondale Moore, they beat Ohio State. Um they they came to Iowa last year when Iowa was ranked number two and and just beat the crap out of them. Um, I have a, a man crush on Aiden O'Connell as a quarterback and that's no secret. And now they're in the, the big 10 title game. Um, so, so they're going to put up some points, uh, and, and they're going to play Michigan tough. Um, Michigan will win the game, but I expect it to be a pretty good game because Purdue can, Purdue can score some points and do some good things on the football field. So, uh pretty fun game to watch with Michigan
0: winning it to see Purdue put up a fight I wish I had the faith that you did I think the the Blake Corum absence will be a big thing for Michigan not having him there we saw that they were able to excel last week against Ohio State so I think they're fine it'll be a bigger issue in the playoff than here still going to be a little bit nervous I think they have enough to to put a whooping on Purdue though uh, probably to the tune. I think they're going to hang about 45, maybe 45 to I'll go 27. I think Purdue can do something offensively. It's not quite on that same tier. So that's a, that's pretty easy to cover the 52 point spread or not spread. I'm sorry. The total of 52. Oh yeah. Come on. What are, what are we talking about here? Way more offense in the big 10 than we're realizing. Okay. Just just looking back, the, the Big Ten title game, they like to put up points. Michigan had 42 last year. You know, Ohio State and Northwestern, a couple of years ago, 45 24, 38 31, 59 0. There's been some big points in the Big Ten title game. So if, so if Michigan's that, team total. Yes. Michigan's
1: team total is 34.5 for the
0: game. Okay, so they have no Blake. you got corner. faith. So let me, let me look here the schedule. So 51, 56, 59, 34, 27. So that's 1, 2, 40. They hung 41 on Penn State. You can't tell me produce a better defense than Penn State. 52 on Rutgers, 34 on Nebraska, 45 on Ohio State. Pretty good about the chances here to get over 34. Okay.
1: I'm just looking to make money. Well,
0: it's not a UFC pick, but I still feel good about it. So Let's try it and find out. If all goes according to plan, your four playoff teams are unchanged from this week's ranking. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, USC 4. You pick K-State to beat TCU. So what do you... Who are your...
1: Well, yeah, I'm going to take us to the way back machine. To when like we, we lie, we get lied to all the time as sports fans and we buy it. So they t- TCU a few years ago, whatever year it was, just destroyed Iowa State. They were ranked fourth. And then after they destroyed Iowa State, dropped to seventh in the rankings. And the crap that we were told at that point in time was, Oh, they didn't play in a conference title game. So they don't have that extra data point. And Ohio State did. And so Ohio State then got in, or something like that. Might have been Ohio State, it might have not, but let's say it was. And then now we flip, completely flipped the script this year. TCU has that extra data point of a conference title game. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna say, Oh, you didn't you didn't win the conference. We have to drop you down for a loss. Ohio State gives us a lot more fan revenue ratings numbers. We're going to put them in because their only loss was to a conference champion Michigan team. So what they're going to do is they're going to, they they made the formula work a few years ago to kick TCU out to put Ohio State in, even though TCU is undefeated and Ohio State wasn't. And now they're gonna they're gonna flip it this year so that Ohio State gets in and kick t c u out because of a loss and the big twelve put in a a conference title game for that specific reason only is because t c u got kicked out at that point in time um otherwise you'd have an undefeated t c u team sitting there this weekend waiting to be put in the playoff Now they risk everything to go in so so it's i I'm thinking it's Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Ohio
0: State. So you are referencing the twenty fourteen season, and TCU and Baylor both finished the year eleven and one. That's the year so TCU was ranked fourth. They I guess they ended up losing the bowl games how they got to the one loss. TCU was four, Baylor was five, Ohio State was six. Ohio State hung fifty nine on Wisconsin, fifty nine to zero in the Big Ten title game. Alabama was one, Florida State was two, Oregon was three. Those three were comfortably in won their title games because they. Ohio State basically knew we need to not just beat Wisconsin but crush them to get in. That's when they won fifty nine zero, got vaulted ahead into that four spot, and then that like everything you just explained, and then they kicked TCU out, and that was their Ohio State went on to win the national title. So basically, because the Big Twelve didn't have a conference championship game, Ohio State won a national championship. That's exactly. And that's that's what Such really concerns me. That's that's Georgia and Michigan are golden, but I'm really cheering for TCU and USC to get new blood in there. Neither one of those teams, and I have a couple more college football facts here to drop in here, neither one of those teams have never been in. Those are our two only chances. You, North Carolina's not going to make it in. Purdue's not going to make it in. K-State's not going to make it in. Utah, these teams don't have a chance. So to get some new blood in there, we need TCU and USC to hold up their ends of the deal rather than getting the same old... Ohio State and the team I'm really worried about is Alabama. After that loss to LSU, they dropped on the board, but they've just been quietly sitting there, and they watch everybody fall by the wayside. Oregon, bye. uh Ohio State, you're coming down to our level. LSU, you're gone. Clemson, you're gone. Alabama's just sitting there. USC and TCU, if they slip up, I would not be shocked if the committee slid Ohio State 3 and Alabama all the way up to 4 just to get those brand names in there. That's what really scares me. So go TCU, go USC.
1: Yeah, and, and it sounds really simple to us now. That's the problem with it is there's there's going to be somebody that screws this whole thing up, and then we're screwed with Alabama and Ohio State in the Final Four.
0: I don't even want to think about it. Okay. Uh, do you want to pick some winners? We don't need to analyze, but just pick some winners of some some smaller conference games. So your first actual title game, you have North Texas versus UTSA. Mean Green versus Roadrunners. That'll be the first game kicking off Friday night to find out our Conference USA champion.
1: North Texas? Holy cow.
0: North Texas finished 7-5, and 6-2. What's in their two record? 7-5, the and 6-2 and two in the conference. Some manner of tiebreaker. They must have beat Western Kentucky in a head-to-head.
1: Wow. Y'all give me UTSA by by a thousand if if they can score that many.
0: So uh North Texas put a hurt on western Kentucky to basically secure this spot. And then Toledo <laughs> and Ohio in the aforementioned Maction title. You got Ohio. Ohio. Coastal Carolina and Troy in a I think probably a sneaky good game for your Sunbelt title. Tell you what, I, I feel like uh
1: Grayson Coastal McCall. Carolina's coach. He should have jumped ship like two years ago um, when he had the chance to get paid, but whatever. I mean, he's probably happy there. Um I don't I don't know enough about Troy. But I see that they're favored.
0: They're favored by a lot, so so give me Troy just because of the, the spread. Is Grayson McCall maybe out for Coastal Carolina? Does that sound like real news?
1: Oh man, I I haven't paid enough attention to know.
0: Okay, because they James Madison, who's not bad, but they crushed Coastal Carolina. Grayson McCall was their stud quarterback, and as I'm thinking about this on the fly, I'm wondering if he got season season-ending injury. A oh, here we go. I'm
1: just I'm just pulling it up right now. Grayson McCall will miss the rest of the season recovering from a foot injury.
0: Yeah. And that was early in November. So, so they yeah. may be running on fumes going into this one. So you're probably smart to put your money on Troy. Um, What's Coastal's record? They are nine and two. Okay. Because they were eight and one when he got hurt. Right. And then they, so they were supposed to play Virginia, but that was after the atrocities that happened with um, the Virginia team. Mm-hmm. So that game was canceled, which is either a game short, and then James Madison took the hammer to him. Yeah. So picking Troy there, going out west for the Mountain West champion, Fresno State, the Bulldogs, had a weird up-and-down year, but they're taking on Boise State.
1: So bizarre, because, yes, you're right, like, they should have been a whole lot better than they
0: were. So give me Boise state, Fresno state beat Cal poly. Not shocking. Got barely lost to Oregon state. That's looks like a great game. Now got crushed by USC and Boise state the first time around. Okay. Not surprising there, but they lost to UConn. So that's when you're like, okay, this team is one in four. What's happening. Beat San Jose state beat New Mexico. Not surprising there. And then they destroyed Wyoming, who you think is one of the better teams in this conference and they beat them 30 to zero. So I don't know what this just Tedford getting back in the swing of things, but a weird, weird, weird year for Fresno State and then good old consistent Boise. So give me the Broncos and the Smurf turf. Okay. Good call. And then this one, this is the most important one of them all. This, this may be a better game than a lot of your power fives if we assume teams like Georgia and Michigan are going to roll. UCF and Tulane playing for the American title. Basically, the winner of this gets in the group of uh, New Year Six bowl games as the group of five representative. Oh, cool. Oh. And we know you love Tulane. Are you sticking with him? You do absolutely
1: love Tulane. Uh, Willie Fritz is the coach of the year. Um, ugh. I just... I don't know that they have the speed to win that game. Like... I'm going to pick them as a fan and cheer for them. I'm just not confident in that pick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, should have had this pulled up. Tulane so the Tulane is 7 and 1 in conference. UCF is 6 and 2. Cincinnati was factored in there for a while. So UCF beat Tulane just a couple weeks ago. 3 weeks ago, they beat him 38-31. So UCF may have the upper hand. Yeah, Tulane beat Cincinnati to end the year. I'll ride the green wave with you. Okay, fun. You'll like it. So, we don't need to go too long on this, but looking at the bowl games, your so your your top four is Georgia, Michigan, USC, Ohio State. Yep and I'm sticking with TCU and USC. I'm going chalk. So okay, I game, hope you're right. So your bowl game contending team, so your Rose Bowl, I was curious, what do you do with the Rose Bowl then if Ohio State is not an option? You have Ohio State and Michigan playing in the in the championship. Because I would have I have Ohio State and Washington because I'm wondering, Utah's currently ranked ahead of Washington. Would Utah get dropped down because I had the worst record? Or do they get credit for playing in the title game. But either way, I'm going I have Ohio State and Washington in the Rose Bowl, but I'm curious what you do with the Rose Bowl if you don't have Ohio State available to you.
1: Um let's see. Penn State well, is well, they re- probably then have to take Purdue. That that's, that's they don't have to take Purdue for
0: uh I think they have to. Is it required? I just know they have the tie in and Purdue's not even ranked, and Penn State is eight, so you're going to leave Penn State to go to a at-large spot? It's a good question. I'm not sure. And then your, the Cotton Bowl is two at-large teams, and when I think this is a fun game, I think this is where your group of five gets stuck. And then the way that I see this shaking out, your highest-ranked at-large option would be Tennessee, so you get Tennessee and Tulane. Sugar Bowl. If Alabama doesn't make it in, I think this is where they slide, and they would play the Big Twelve. Which I'm guessing your options are K State or Texas. For me, but if Case, that's that's a good question. If K State beats beats TCU, which one goes to the Sugar Bowl, and the other one becomes an at large? Which one would you rather have in your bowl game? Um, between K State and TCU. Yeah, you- the, if you're the Sugar Bowl, because the other the other one will probably get one of the at large spots. Yeah, they're going to – they'll
1: take TCU in that situation, I'm sure of it. Um, And, and you, you'd you mentioned Texas. They won't put Texas and Alabama against each other in a bowl
0: game since they already played. Oh, wow, good point. And then your last fight – So TC, TCU would be – yeah. So TCU-Alabama, that'd be a fun Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And then that leaves you with the Orange Bowl, Rye of Clemson – and they will play either an SEC or a Big Ten team. So I've already got I've already got Alabama and Tennessee going to bowl games. You've got Penn State. You've got LSU. Basically, your two options there.
1: I don't know how they decide that, that one. Um, what would you, which would you rather have as a,
0: as a sporting fan? I'd rather have Penn State. Give me Penn State all day, every day. That's my projections for the bowl games, Ohio State, Washington in the Rose, Tennessee and Tulane in the Cotton, Alabama, K-State in the Sugar Bowl, and Orange Bowl with Clemson and Penn State, but a little bit different there with you at TCU sliding down to the sugar if K-State wins the title game. Yeah. All will be revealed come Sunday and Monday. All the bowls are going to settle. Some fun matchups out there. There's a lot of traditionally great teams who had weird years. So some of your your Oregons and Oklahomas and some of the teams you expect to be in the new Year's six are going to be in your more run of the mill december twenty sixth bowl game so some fun options to mix in there and your heisman curious if you have a if you have a top three who you think are' going to get the invite for the Heisman to New York City Caleb Williams Max Duggan and. Stroud? I have the same. I don't think Duggan has a chance to win, but I think he should get the acclaim and be invited for what he's done and what he's led that team. I don't think this is totally over for CJ Stroud. It sucks that the last memory they have is him getting whooped up by Michigan and not having a great game, but his numbers are still just as good, if not better, than Caleb Williams in a lot of categories. I think Williams is the prohibitive favorite going into this week. If he struggles, people could still remember that Stroud was the favorite all year long. So I would agree. I think those are the top three. Just want to give some kudos to some of the other guys. I think Michael Penix has had a great year and gets underappreciated there at Washington. Had he been healthy all year, I think Blake Corum had a legitimate shot at this. If he was playing this week, I think he would get invited. Same could be said for Bo Nix and Hendon Hooker. Those were guys in the conversation who injuries kind of knocked them out. Drake May, your favorite player in college football, just appreciating a great year in the numbers that he's had. And the guy that I don't think a lot of people know yet, unless you're really a diehard college football fan, but you'll get to know on Sundays, and that's B. John Robinson out of Texas. I would say the best running back outside of Blake Corum and as a dual threat, not only does he run all over everybody, but he's a tremendous receiver and is one of the highest scoring players in college football. So if you don't know B. John Robinson, get to know that name. But I'm with you. I think it's Caleb Williams to win. And then Stroud and Duggan should also get invited. So. Big week of college football, excited to watch it all Friday night and most of Saturday. Want to touch on coaches here quick before I play my quick uh NFL game. The coaching carousel is in full function, so I want to see if there's anybody here who stands out to you. FAU has hired Tom Herman to replace Willie Taggart. UAB hires Trent Dilfer, former NFL quarterback, to replace Bill Clark. Brent Key, uh they hired to replace Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. The one everybody's talking about, Hugh Freeze, going back to the SEC, getting Brian Harson's job at Auburn. Uh, you still have Hugh Freeze's job now open at Liberty. UNLV is now open. Western Michigan open. Luke Fickle, I'd say the other big one, taking over the Wisconsin job. They have not filled his spot at Cincinnati yet. Tulsa, Texas State. Kenny Dillingham. Not a lot of people know Kenny Dillingham. He's the Oregon offensive coordinator that Dan Lanning brought over with him. He's taking over at Arizona State for Herm Edwards, so that's a it could be an exciting new horse in the race of the Pac-12 in a couple of years. David Shaw done at Stanford. Matt Rule getting a Scott Frost job at Nebraska. So I'd say your big ones so far: Matt Rule at Nebraska, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Those are probably the biggest three so far anything else in the coaching carousel? What stands out to you when we look at all these hires and fires? Um, I, anybody that
1: says they would not hire Hugh freeze is lying because he wins. Um, yeah, he's, he's an awful person. Um, people don't care though. Like urban Meyer is an awful person, but if he, if, if he comes to your school, you're going to, you're going to take him. Um, Art Briles, if he comes to your school, you're going to take him. These guys win, like that's really all that matters. And and people don't care how that's done. Dion is the big one. It's like, is it Dion really going to go anywhere? Like these schools are hiring people, and Dion is still at Jackson State. It just makes me wonder what the heck is going on there. Like, um, both Arizona State and Auburn. Filling those positions and Dion wasn't a candidate. Now he says he's been offered the Colorado job. Um, good for Colorado for, for shooting, shooting for the moon. Like he'll bring recruits in and that's what this is all about is recruiting. So uh, I I don't know that we'll see any other big jobs come open. Um, it'll be more of that trickle down effect. Like you see at Cincinnati, um, somebody will get that job. Um, I, I like the Tom Herman hire at FAU. He's a winner. He's won everywhere he's gone. Um, good offensive mind there. Uh, so, so Dion is the one for me and I'm just wondering what play for him. Um, he's, he's very open with everything. Um, if he stays at Jackson State, great. I just don't know that he will. So I, I kind of want to wait
0: another week to see where this shakes out. Is Urban Meyer done? You said his name. Now I feel like we have to address it. Is he like done done or is somebody still going to make a run at him to be a college coach?
1: Uh, it's really hard for me to say that he's done. right?
0: It's um, like some SEC.
1: What they booster. need is. Right. They need some booster who doesn't care about is to offer 10 million dollars a year to bring him in um a year from now does texas a&m do something like that like money is nothing there i so no i don't think he's done
0: it's a wild time in college football we'll be back here in a couple of weeks See where we're at with transfer portal and get ready for bowl games december is chaos season in the college game now with- Transfer portal, coaches, bowl games, and early signing periods for the commits. We're gonna put a bow on, put a pin in college football for a while, and talk about the NFL. I have a quick game I want to play with Shannon. We can do this in a couple minutes. We'll have Andrew come on next week to do the NFC side of things because I think there's more more teams there to worry about. But I'm gonna have you be the GM here for the AFC teams, and you're gonna tell me what you're gonna do at quarterback. And I've picked the teams that I think probably have the most questions. So go division by division here. Let's start with the big one. Everybody wants to talk about. You are the GM of the New York jets. What do you do at your quarterback situation for next season? You've got Mike white, Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson under contract. Uh, um,
1: Man, that's a great question. Uh, if If you keep Zach Wilson, which I think I have to because I'm paying him the next two years anyway. No matter what we do, I'm paying him. So I'm keeping Zach Wilson, and I'm teaching him how to play quarterback. But then I have to get rid of those other two guys because they are are locker room guys. White has proven to be able to come in. Now, now he's more of a flash in the pan. He did the same thing last year, Um, came in really hot for a game or two, and then they figured him out, but you got to get rid of him to bring in a different backup. Um, So, so I'm keeping
0: Zach Wilson and getting rid of the other two. Staying in that division, New England Patriots, you've still got Mac Jones, you drafted Bailey Zappi. There's questions about Mac Jones, long-term potential.
1: Yeah, we we drafted him wherever the heck we drafted him, 10th or something. Yeah, Uh, Mac Jones is the guy. Bailey Zappi is a nice backup. Um, They're both staying and
0: Mac's the starter. Going on to the AFC North, Lamar Jackson, not questioning his ability, but his contract is due and they still have not re-signed him. But he's going to be owed a lot of money, probably flirting with that highest paid quarterback money. Are you gonna shell it out for Lamar Jackson?
1: Yes. Tyler because Hunt he's a really difference bad. maker. Yep. Um I I've gotta pay him and I wanted to pay him this off season and he knew that he and so he bet on himself and we know that we're gonna to have to pay him. Um so uh yeah, paying Lamar because without Lamar Jackson you don't know what you have.
0: Going down to a team who's kind of on the other end of the spectrum, Houston, Texas, and my beloved Davis Mills has been benched for Kyle Allen. (laughs) So you're the Texans. You have Davis Mills and Kyle Allen right now.
1: Yep. Uh, Both guys are gone at the end of the season. Um, We don't have any draft capital in Davis Mills. Um, so, So thank you, Davis, for coming here and trying. Uh, We suck as a team and and you're not good as a quarterback and uh, Kyle Allen will find somebody else to pay less to, to be a backup Um,
0: drafting Bryce young first overall and he's our future. You beat me to the punch on that question. I was going to ask as the Texans presumably will have the first overall draft pick. Did they go Bryce young or CJ Stroud for the quarterback or will Anderson supposed to be the minute, the next Aaron Donald Khalil Mack esque player. you,
1: you only get a pick once or you only get the first pick once pretty much most of the time. Like you really have to screw it up to get it twice in a row. So you take your quarterback Um, because they do, they have some nice in like they're not completely devoid of talent, but you're nothing without a quarterback. So you have to take a quarterback Um I'm chuckling right now. So the the Thursday night game just got over and the Bills destroyed the Patriots and so Josh Allen put on a Ryan Fitzpatrick Bills jersey to come on the interview <laughs> with the the Prime Football people and Fitzpatrick is loving it and Josh Allen he's he's so goofy it's awesome. Um so that's what I'm giggling at here. So Josh Allen in a Ryan Fitzpatrick Bills jersey sitting next to Ryan Fitzpatrick who perfect example played for like 15 NFL teams, but when you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. Uh, so Davis is gone. Kyle Allen's gone. Bryce Young is the quarterback.
0: You're not taking Willie Anderson on overall. Staying in that division, the Colts, you've got Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, and we all forget Nick Foles is on that team injured, I believe. But if you're the Colts, what does Jim what should he do? Not going to do. We never know what Jones is going to do. (laughs) No, no, he should.
1: He should let his GM hire a head coach and then let that head coach play whatever quarterback he wants. That's what he should do. Um, He's clearly screwed that up this season by losing all trust in Frank Reich and then telling Frank he couldn't play Matt Ryan. It's like, whatever. Um, But what he should do is start over. Uh, I don't know that they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but they got to be dang close. So you got to start over again at the quarterback position, but you are bringing in a new head coach. So um, Jacksonville actually has a pretty legitimate chance to compete for that division title next year, knowing that the Texans are going to have a new quarterback. The Colts are going to have a new coach and a new quarterback.
0: Um, but sh- that's what that's what he should do. And we'll finish out that division with the current division leader and favorite, the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, I believe his contract is up, or he has an out after this year. You just drafted Malik Willis. Granted, he was a third round pick. You gonna try to spend some money on Tannehill, or let him walk and see what Malik Willis has? Um, you.
1: If you think that Malik Malik Willis is going to be a player, you get rid of Tannehill so that you're not tempted and forth between the two of them. Um, I'm not going to give Ryan Tannehill a contract because he's going to want $30 million a year or $40 million a year, and that's just not, not happening when I have Malik Willis who can maybe play um, plus the style of football that Vrabel wants to do um Tannehill's gone um and and I'm gonna let Malik Willis play
0: and see what he can do and finishing out here in the AFC West Chiefs and Chargers they're sitting pretty the Broncos probably wish they had an out on Russell Wilson but they're stuck riding with him for a couple years that leaves us with the Oakland Raiders Oakland Jeepers Las Vegas Raiders Derek Carr sounds like he very much wants out of there and I would say of the veteran quarterbacks coming available, well, pending Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr may be the best one of the bunch if you want a veteran quarterback and you're in a win now mode, like the the Rams were with a Matt Stafford type situation. Does this get ironed out between Carr and the Raiders? Did they let him go? They have Jared Sit- Jared Stidham as the backup, as kind of Josh McDaniels' handpicked guy from the Patriots. So finishing up our show tonight, what are we doing with Derek Carr? Let's ride.
1: um Derek Carr's gone they should have ran that stupid thing back last year like they made the playoffs Rich Bisaccia had gotten them humming and so that's what they should have done is but whatever so so Derek Carr's gone um he'll draft somebody and screw them up um just an awful awful head coach um but I think Derek Carr, you make a good point of he's going to be the quarterback on the market that people are going to want. Um, maybe maybe it's Atlanta, maybe it's Indianapolis. Um,
0: yeah, look looking around, and Rodgers is the big I, one. And I don't know where where he's going, but yeah, depending on what happened with guys we talked about, like Lamar Jackson, Tannehill, if their teams decide to pay them you know Rodgers is going to be a big question does Brady want to go back to the bucks you're if you're looking for a guy who's okay who's a veteran still in his prime it's you know Jimmy G and Derek Carr maybe your only two options
1: yeah and and both of those are good options i mean you could do a whole lot worse um like and it, it, hang with me here for a moment Aaron paid 50 million dollars next year The only way money is if he retires, like I might have enough money in the bank, but I'm not walking away from $50 million. Like I just don't see how anybody does that. Now that being said, he's a unique individual. Maybe he does walk away, but he is next year unless he retires.
0: He's a strange fellow, Anything else on this week's show before we let you go? It'll be over before we know it. Ooh, Iowa, Iowa State Wrestling dual meet this weekend. Looking at the rankings, does Iowa State realistically have a shot, or is it going to be same old Hawkeye trouncing? Not even close. It'll um,
1: Iowa State could win four matches, could win four of the ten matches. Um, Iowa's going to win at least six, but probably seven matches of the ten.
0: Well, That's going to be our show for us this week, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Have Andrew scheduled to be on next week to do the NFC quarterback hiring and firing. Talk about some basketball with him. And we need to check in on UFC. A fun time of the year to check in on the UFC fights. And then in two weeks, dare I say, we have Austin coming back for the first time in a while. I dug him up out of the crypt and he's going to come on and probably talk some baseball with him. It's been a minute since we've done baseball. And I promise we'll get to hockey one of these weeks. I keep saying I'm going to do it. And then I just never make time and plan accordingly. So we will get some hockey talk sprinkled in here. Happy December. i happy you're all with us. And we'll see you next week with a set college football playoff field to talk about. Thank you all for joining us.